Seltzer Kings podcasts. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. No, buddy, the bathrooms, they look mm, marvelous. It's the shiniest that crapper has ever been, Gavin. Yes. The following podcast contains... Other trucker that hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. When you thought that 2021 might be the year things got better, what the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is episode number 344. It's not that hard to say goodbye to yesterday edition of the show. We'll review the year that was Common Era 2021. Spoiler alert, it didn't go well. Stay tuned. The What the Hell We Thinking podcast is brought to you by Forget It All, Amnesia in a Bottle. In today's modern world, the struggle of day-to-day living has grown intense, and sometimes we feel the need to just disconnect and not live in the moment. Forget It All is here to help. Our patented formula of benzodiazepines, SSRIs, and 190-proof grain alcohol is guaranteed to induce temporary amnesia and a general sense of euphoria and well-being for 8 to 12 hours. Taken regularly, Forget It All is clinically shown to decrease long-term memory, reduce anxiety, and increase a general sense of well-being until the dose is worn off. Why live with the stress of modern life when you can forget it all? Warning, do not use Forget It All while driving or operating heavy machinery. Side effects of Forget It All include memory loss, long-term liver damage, and severe reactions loss of family and friends. Ask your doctor if Forget It All is right for you. 2020 was one crazy year, and we're barely into a new one. So what on earth will 2021 be like? Care to make any predictions? Fortune cookies. Let's see. Give up now. No! Growing up, the end of the year was all about Christmas. The toys, the trees, seeing family, the toys. But once Christmas was over and the sugar high of a month of anticipation rapidly faded into the same doldrums of childhood existence. You know, the playing, the running around all day, goofing off, the total lack of any responsibilities whatsoever. Good times, good times. We grew into our young adult years and the focus shifted away from Christmas. After all, how excited could you be at receiving socks under the tree instead of toys and on to New Year's Eve? It was the chance to go out, get really, really drunk and stupid and make out with strangers. How? How is it different? Well, you know, this time we had a reason that wasn't Friday. As we slipped fully into our adult years, the fun of New Year's Eve waned. A lot of people had kids, and staying up to midnight to watch the ball drop with kids is a lot different than being in a bar dancing with someone you just met and will never speak to after your hangover wears off tomorrow. Young love, there's nothing like it. 
And by the time you've reached middle age, staying up till midnight is just fucking absurd. I mean, if you aren't in bed by 11 at the latest, you are really going to pay for it the next day. And so New Year's, too, fades into the gauzy haze of memories invested with the sweet nostalgia of creeping mortality. Still... Most of us like to pause at this entirely arbitrary point in the solar orbit of this insignificant blue-green ball to reflect on the year that was, the happy times, the sad times, but most of all the times that made us say, What the fuck was all that nonsense about? And this podcast is no different. For all, we've taken a turn away from current events to embrace our embittered trudge into middle age by dwelling on the past as much as possible. Each year, we like to take a moment at the end of that year to look back at what the hell everyone was thinking the year before and to see what we've learned. And every year we learn No matter how bad things get, they can always get worse. And every year we are proud to report they're right. They really, really do get worse. So join us on a jaunt through 2021, a year we laughably thought might be slightly better than 2020. We were wrong. Now to be fair, we had reasons for some optimism. We elected a new president who, though old and extremely boring, was not, you know. He's a lunatic. Absolute nutbox. Sure, there was some laughable attempts to undo the election carried out by the, some of the most inept mor morons in history. But by the end of 2020, it was pretty clear that nothing was going to change reality, no matter how many letters to Santa asked for four more years. And that was until... So yesterday, my daughter, nine, was hungry, and I was doing a jigsaw puzzle. So I said over my shoulder, make some baked beans. She said, how? Like all kids do when they want you to do it. So I said, open a can and put it in the pot. She brought me the can and said, open it how? With a can opener, I said, incredulous. She brought me the can opener, and we both stared at it. I realized I'd never taught her to use it. Most cans now have pull tops. Mine don't. I don't know. Do most cans? I don't know. I felt like a dope. What kind of apocalypse father doesn't teach his kid how to use a manual can opener? I'm sorry. No, we're not talking about being dead. We're talking, of course, about Twitter banning the Cheeto Christ. Why did Twitter ban the Cheeto Christ? Oh, you know, no one reason. It's just a general pattern of bad behavior that culminated in his uh, attempted overthrow of the lawful government of the United States by whipping up his shithead followers to storm the U.S. fucking Capitol in an attempt to stop the certification of an election. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. Now, a lot of ink has been spilled about the insurrection at the Capitol, and one might think that something so profoundly wrong would have had severe repercussions for the person who instigated an actual coup attempt for the only the second time in U.S. history. I mean, clearly, that's just a line that can't be crossed, and someone has to be punished for what happened. Well, friends, this is America, and of course, someone was punished. The peons who did all the breaking and the bashing, but you know, not the actual person who told them to do said breaking and bashing. He was acquitted in the Senate for his blatant and open attempt to stop the will of the people from being carried out in a lawful election. <laughs> you would think this would shock the people to the core, but the reaction was... Well, you know, he's, he's going to do that. Shit, shit, shit like that's just going to happen. And then we went right back to bickering about whether or not the election was actually stolen, even though it had been proven in over 50 fucking court cases that it wasn't. This was the sixth day of 2021. It was clear things were not, in fact, going to get better this year. This grim reality was reinforced in February when all of a sudden people were talking about something called stonks. 
Now, I, a rational human being, immediately assume that a stonk must be the sort of noise a goose makes when you slowly strangle it to death. What kind of sick monster are you? The kind of monster that has decided not to take any more shit from a goddamn goose. But you can imagine my surprise when I discovered it was not the death rattle of an avian menace, but a cutesy internet term for a financial instrument indicating your investment in a corporation properly known as a stock. Oh, that's what those are. But not just any stock. A stock was properly a stock purchase made by someone who was intent on driving up the stock of a failing company in order to sell the stock before the other suckers, I'm sorry, investors, realized that the company was failing for a fucking reason. What you're doing illegal? Immoral? Definitely, but it's when it's done by a lot of people at the same time, it's very hard to prosecute. Kind of like when the sitting president is actively participating in a coup d'etat. I am, of course, speaking of the GameStop stop bubble, which peaked in February. GameStop was, I guess, is a brick-and-mortar game store and has been going the way of the record store, the video rental store, and any hope of a functioning democracy for years as people suddenly realized there was absolutely no reason to physically enter a business with the intent to purchase a video game so a late teen or early 20s gamer dickhead can condescend to you in person rather than in the game itself. But a bunch of Redditors decided they were going to pump the stock up ostensibly to stick it to the hedge fund that was shorting the stock. I could explain what shorting the stock means, but honestly, even after several attempts to understand it, I still don't. And the price of the stock exploded. It went up over 700% this year, despite it still in every sense of the word being a failing corporation that will definitely go bankrupt sooner rather than later. And how the stock has lost half of its value since the stonk bubble and will be just as worthless next year as it was in February 2021. March came in like an inappropriate item lost in a rectal cavity. It was a million to one shot, Doc. A million to one. A very, very large ship was inserted into a very, very narrow passage when Egypt slipped in the shower and came down directly on top of the ship. No, of course, I'm talking about the merchant vessel Ever Given, which entered the Suez Canal and allegedly was struck by some wind that came huffing and puffing it sideways into the channel, blocking one of the busiest shipping routes in the world for over a week. The 1,300-foot-long ship, weighing over 200,000 tons, entered the Suez Canal, a long, shallow ditch cut across Egypt by the British Empire during her heyday, and was struck by a sandstorm and winds upwards of 50 miles an hour. And this mild breeze, by almost any standard, somehow causes the ship to go... One of the crossbeams has gone out askew on the treadle. To which the ship captain, the Suez Canal Authority, and the rest of the world said... I don't know. Mr. Wentworth just told me to come in here and say that there was trouble at the mill, that's all. I didn't expect a kind of Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. When it was said and done, the ship was somehow dug into the mud of the bank and blocking the entire fucking canal. Now, the Suez Canal, as I said, is one of the busiest waterways in the world. 50 ships a day routinely pass through that canal. And it's primarily a route for most of Europe's oil and natural gas. And having it completely blocked, the doors of the like the doors of a capital by an armed capital police officer with his gun drawn is not a good thing for the global economy. Ships began to back up on both ends of the canal in an already precarious global supply chain. You'll be hearing that term again, began to snarl up, threatening to cost everyone a lot of money. They tried to unstick the ship, 
They even tried some, putting some cardboard under the wheels to see if that would get some traction, but nothing. It was feared they would need to literally build the infrastructure to offload the ship in the middle of the goddamn desert to get it light enough for it to move. Some people were saying the ship could be stuck there for months. Fortunately for everyone, a massive container of Astroglide was trucked out and hundreds of thousands of gallons of lube was spilled into the Suez Canal. And along with a couple of rubber gloves and a lot of good luck, the ship was slipped out, set back on course, and a vital lesson was learned by everyone about the sheer necessity of having a handle that was easily reachable whenever you put a large object inside an orifice that it doesn't easily fit into. In April, the COVID vaccines we'd all been hearing about for months were finally widely available to any American who wanted one. Fuck, do you remember how happy we all were? Fat people were so thrilled when they told us our bad habits were finally paying off with a pre-existing condition. I stood in that line, looked the person dead in the eye taking our info and said, give me that shot because... Because I am fat. And after a year of waiting, we could all finally get the jab, get our fucking lives back, no more masks, no more lockdowns. We could fuck a total stranger on the street without a condom. I might be wrong about that one. But what was important was that the end of the pandemic was in sight and all we needed to do was get enough people vaccinated and then... about 40% of the entire fucking country in a fit of petulant sulking worthy of a melodramatic 13-year-old looked us all dead in the eye and said, (laughs) I mean, we always knew that some of these shitheads would balk and get in it, the granola crunching crystals in the cooch natural health nut fuckwits and the QAnon fuckwads. But just your run-of-the-mill MAGA hat-wearing fuck dingles suddenly decided that they thought that the vaccines their own orange god as touted at his great success and openly admitted he had been given were a political statement about how much they hate everything and everyone and all of us liberal piece of shits could just go to hell with our wanting the pandemic to be over and people not to die from a now largely preventable illness. Oh man, I remember how happy I was in April. Got my second shot on April 1st. By April 15th, I was ready for hot fax summer. No masks, going to raves, getting freaky in the bubble pit with some 20-something. Nine months later and two variants, I'm still wearing a mask and more people than ever are getting the fucking coronavirus. Fuck. Come May, a bunch of the damn country just about ran out of gas. I'm not talking about the metaphorical gas that powers the engines of American innovation and our hopes for the future. We ran out of that on January 20th, 1981, when a C-list actor best known for doing movies with a monkey was sworn into office and the engine finally sputtered out from the fumes January 20th of 2017. I'm talking about literally running out of petroleum for our cars. In early May, some bored tech in Houston clicked a dodgy porn link on his company desktop and shut down a major gas pipeline supplying about a quarter of the United fuck states my bad sorry everybody sorry my bad to be clear we had plenty of fuel we just couldn't move it around because the hackers had taken control of the computers of the colonial pipeline and demanded about 75 bitcoins valued at the time i shit you not is about 4.4 million dollars no one knows why this is true but it remains inexplicably so 
One would think that a massive corporation responsible for moving a quarter of the automobile and jet fuel in the United States of America would have some kind of robust strategy to defend against this kind of intrusion. But come to find out the entire network was protected by a 2001 Dell Inspiron 8000 laptop running on a never patched version of Windows 98. And also the network username and password was admin slash one, two, three, four. The backups? Oh, there were backups. There were three zip disks in the bottom of a filing cabinet underneath a dog-eared copy of Penthouse from April 2001. It was the one with Taylor Reed on the cover. The pipeline was shut down for a week. The ransom was paid, but somehow the feds were able to regain about half the bitcoins used to pay said ransom, something which the bit shits that sing the praises of Bitcoin said was absolutely impossible, but have been very, very quiet about since it happened. In June, the government finally came clean about UFOs in a long-awaited blockbuster report on numerous credible and verified sightings of strange craft and doing impossible shit in the skies. Clearly, we all had our expectations of this report, and none of us really expected the government to come out and say, No, okay, I'm not saying it's space aliens, right? But it goes without saying it's fucking space aliens! But I don't think any of us were truly prepared for what the report did reveal. Subway fighting back this morning against claims that its tuna sandwiches don't actually have any tuna. Subway's tuna salad sub doesn't actually have tuna or fish in it. In a startling lawsuit, two customers in California claim that the tuna sandwich does not contain tuna or have any ingredient that constitutes tuna. Now, if you've ever eaten anything at a Subway, this should not surprise you. I personally am a big fan of a meatball sub, which in all honesty is a sin against God and man. But it hits the spot when I'm too busy or too drunk to want to deal with the lines at a place with better food, better service, and better sanitation. But even I must admit that whatever is in the meatballs in a Subway meatball sub is not meat by any scientifically definable standard. This is clearly some kind of cardboard boiled in a red sauce that is so far from marinara that Italians have passed laws forbidding it from even being called marinara. So this tuna revelation should not shock you. But that someone took the time and money to actually have DNA test ran on whatever is actually in the purported tuna from Subway should shock you. This is what we were worried about in June. I mean, the fact that a violent group of Trump supporters literally broke into the Capitol to hang the sitting vice president on the orders of the sitting president doesn't bother a good 60% of the American public, but we're spending valuable time and effort trying to determine if the fish in a tuna fish is in fact tuna or indeed any kind of fish at all causes such consternation that it should merit the attention of the national media. That should worry you. But, you know, let's instead focus on the fake fish. Of course, the Subway tuna isn't tuna. You're paying eight bucks for a sandwich in a shitty hole in the wall in a strip mall. The bread isn't even real bread. Five judges in Ireland had to rule on that in October in 2020. You thought that the meat was real? Come on. I have spit shoelaces out of a Subway meatball sub. If you really want to know. What the fuck the meat in a Subway sandwich is, and I know you want to know, I think we all just have to come out and admit. Listen to me, Hatcher. You gotta tell them, Silent Breed is people! We gotta stop them somehow! But I suspect you already knew that. Eat fresh, everybody. Eat fresh. 
in July as Washington bickered incessantly about doing anything and a swell new COVID variant more contagious and more deadly swept the nation, we all gathered as one to watch the next great evolution of our future among the stars. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the spaceships of billionaires. Their ludicrous mission to explore strange new ways to spend their ill-gotten money, to seek out new tax exemptions, and to laughably go where a bunch of people have already gone before. That's right, pod friends. After many years and untold millions of dollars, the vanity projects of two of the richest men in the world came to fruition. When first on July 11, Sir Richard Branson, British failed record store owner Richard Branson, rode the Virgin spaceship. You know, if I'm going to go into space, I don't want to ride a Virgin. I want to go with a mature, experienced spaceship that isn't going to get all weird after it's over. I want to ride on a ship that knows what the fuck it's doing and will only get into it with me and knows all the move and doesn't get freaked out by all the dirty talk. Dave? Dave! Sorry, sorry, it's uh, not really about spaceships, is it? Anyway, Branson and a few others slipped just the tip over the 50-mile limit that's generally considered to be space, but not really space, because it would take a real damn American to fully thrust it home on July 20th when Jeff Bezos rode a... But it looks like a giant dick. Yeah. Take a look out of starboard. Oh, my God. It looks like a huge... Pecker! Oh, where? Wait, that's not a woodpecker. It looks like someone's... Private! We have reports of an unidentified flying object! It is a long, smooth shaft, complete with two balls. What is that? That looks just like an enormous... Wang, pay attention. I was distracted by that enormous flying... Willie. Yeah. What's that? Well, it looks like a giant... Johnson. Yes, sir. 66 and a half miles deep, or rather above, the Earth's atmosphere. But still not exactly what we would normally consider consider space but at least he went deeper than branson whose puny little limp rocket might have been her first but in the end she i came up short with that branson rocket but it took the big bezo schlong to really climax this moment in american space history we find ourselves in August, and the Simpsons of American foreign policy had finally came to an end as the last U.S. troops left Afghanistan. Much like the venerated television show, our time in Afghanistan started out wildly popular, and it had some great and not-so-great moments. But as the years slowly went by, it was clear no one was sure why it was still going on, and we were all pretty sure that the only reason it was still happening was because it was making money for someone, somewhere. But you know what? We finally did it. We had our moment of... What's the opposite of shame? Pride? No, not that far from shame. Less shame? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was definitely less shame because the entire evacuation of the country looked less, looked less like the order withdrawal of a proud nation who had simply come to the end of its war and more like the frantic stampede of Walmart shoppers trying to breach the last roll of shit paper on a pandemic bare shelf. One might think that this moment would provide the people of this country time to reflect on the lives lost and the money spent in a generation-long feudal war. But you already know better than that. We were very busy asking ourselves why trying to walk over a staircase made of NCD milk crates was a good idea. In a country with such terrible health care on a good day, and we haven't had a good day in well over two years, that people somehow found a way to do something very dangerous and even more stupid to get clicks on their TikToks really ought not surprise me, but this is also a country where we've eaten raw cinnamon, dumped buckets of ice water over our heads, and willfully ignored how the sitting president blatantly tried to show to overthrow an election. Then his political party has subsequently torn down the infrastructure that kept him from doing so, so he needs to succeed in a couple of years when he runs again and will likely throw the country into Civil War, aided and abetted by two senators who, though belonging to the same political party as the current president, have let their greed and egomania block any meaningful effort at prevention because they are concerned for the future and the future minority, of which there will be none because if they don't stop their obstruction and do something to change things, we can all expect a worst-case scenario to happen real soon. So therefore, walking across a wobbly pile of empty milk crates for page views is pretty much the fucking status quo for a goddamn doom nation. Damn, dude. Harsh, right? Harsh. September started in tears for the entire millennial generation. Now, I had thought that they finally came to accept the truth that... There is no happy future for me. But it turns out some guy named Mark on a show called Blue's Clues released a video telling an entire generation of doomed Americans that he missed them and was proud of them. And please accept this ribbon for their trying their hardest, even though it's abundantly clear they hadn't actually tried at all. Because around the same time, the world's medical establishment had to take time away from their busy schedule, fighting a very real and ongoing pandemic that had already killed way over a million people around the world, nearly 800,000 right here in the United States states that the life-saving vaccines being distributed would not make their balls swell up their balls sweetheart why would these professionals and presumably very tired of this bullshit people need to take time to explain that ball swelling is not a side effect of covid vaccines because Nikki minaj Someone who is presumably very good at music, but does not possess any degrees advanced or otherwise in medicine, epidemiology, or apparently even fucking earth science 101 from high school, tweeted, quote, my cousin in Trinidad won't get the vaccine because his friend got it and became impotent. His, his testicles became swollen. His girlfriend was weeks away from getting married. Now the girl crawled off the wedding. So just pray on it and make sure you're comfortable with your decision and not bullied, unquote. I, I can't take much more of this. It goes without saying that none of this happened. The actual chief medical officer of Trinidad released a statement following Ballgate that not only was this not a thing that could happen, there was zero recorded evidence of anyone, Nicki Minaj's cousin or otherwise, reporting swollen balls post-vaccine. Doctors around the country and the world had to explain on television that even 
if there were swollen, swollen balls, which clearly there were not, but even if there were, the odds of your balls swelling up were akin to the odds of your being struck by a meteor walking out of the 7-Eleven after purchasing the winning fucking Powerball ticket. And none of this stopped the right wing from hyping it to their deluded shit for brain followers. In October, it was looking as though we might have to cancel Christmas. Not because St. Nicholas had some very credible allegations about some very questionable behavior with many female elves in the workshop. Some of which were true. No, it was a combination of several key factors. First of all, the global supply chain. You remember that from April. Well, it was still well and truly fucked up, meaning the cheap shit we buy from China in time to be snatched off the shelves in a bloody Walmart melee the day after Thanksgiving was stuck on container ships off the port of Long Beach. And even if we could get said cheap shit off the boats, there was no one willing to work the low-wage erratic hours and ineptly managed jobs in the Walmarts because suddenly everyone had decided to... Well, let's just quit! We'll just quit, let's all quit. In what had come to be called the Great Resignation. That, uh, that wasn't the Great Resignation. The Great Resignation had already happened in roughly 2008 when my parents realized that barring a 30-something half-Korean gentleman showing up with unexpected news, they weren't getting any grandchildren from their only son. Finally, assuming you got your cheap shit off the boats, found suckers to work the shitty jobs, selling said cheap shit off said boats, it wouldn't matter because inflation was so bad that no one could afford to buy any of said cheap shit off the boats anyway. Thank God Facebook came along and saved us all by changing his name to Meta in a thinly veiled attempt to make us all forget how he was instrumental in planning the uprising to depose the government of the United States through such deviously hard to detect methods like Facebook groups named Let's All Go to Washington, D.C. on January 6, 2021 and kill a bunch of libtards that were clearly impossible to find unless you looked at your Facebook suggested groups because of that one uncle you forgot to unfriend five years ago ago you will also note we didn't actually cancel christmas speaking of inflation in november we learned that some family somewhere drank 12 gallons of milk in a week and that was very expensive uh, that's good to know good to know and while this was happening world leaders were meeting in glasgow scotland where they immediately learned if it's no scottish it's crap and also discussed what was touted to be our last best chance to keep the world from slowly broiling in its own shit due to climate change. Pod friends, I think you will all be very happy to hear that everything is going to be fine. Every single nation in attendance in one unified voice said clearly that they will We'll get to it when we get to it. And then attended several very good parties and ate some very delicious food that was not Scottish in origin because all Scottish food Most Scottish cuisine is based on a dare. So, you know, things are going to get better on that front any, any time now. I mean, just real, real, real soon. Fortunately, we didn't have time to worry about the impending death of humanity in a series of brutal wars for resources and livable lands while our cities slowly sink under the plastic-filled waters of the ocean. Because in November, we learned that Kim Kardashian, fresh off her upcoming divorce from Kanye West, was dating none other then Pete Davidson. All right, Pete. You still got it, baby. The two met when Kim hosted Saturday Night Live and said to herself, you know what would really piss off Kanye? I'm a fuck this skinny tattooed white boy. And the rest, they say, is history. 
Look, I like Pete Davidson. I really do. I find him funny, charming, and were I into skinny, tattooed white boys, I'd fuck him. But I just got to take a moment to say, how big is Pete Davidson's dick? I mean, that thing must be legendarily huge. I mean, look at the woman who's dated. There are plenty of age-appropriate young models who one can reasonably see moving in his higher-than-us, but not stratospheric social station, social station. But there are also names like Ariana Grande, who has her choice of dicks in this world, and chose Pete, Kate Beckinsale, who is firmly and fantastically in MILF status, Margaret Qualley, who is an up-and-coming actress in her own right, but is also the daughter and spitting image of her mother, Andy McDowell. This really... A huge crush on her. My God, we all did. I mean, seriously, she was amazing in everything, but her turning Groundhog Day caused the nation to fall in love with her. Well, her daughter looks just like Andy did back then. And by the way, Andy, still fucking stunning today. And then finally, Kim Kardashian, who, and I say this in a sex-positive and female-empowered way, is a connoisseur of the finest dicks in the world. This woman has never had second-class dick in her life, and good for her, and right now, her dick du jour is attached to Pete Davidson. That dick, pod friends, must be incredible. Which brings us to December, where, of course, we are in the throes of yet another COVID variant. This one's super spreadable and is skipping right through vaccinations like they never swole up our balls in the first place. Well, that's great. That's just fucking great, man. Now what the fuck are we supposed to do? We're all right back where we were this time last year, except now the same people who this time last year were buying bus tickets to Washington, D.C. and sizing the length of rope needed to go around the neck of Mike Pence are just laughing and laughing at all of us who took those vaccines until that laugh, of course, turns into a sustained cough and they wind up dying on a respirator while their shitheaded MAGA wife screams about ivermectin and rectal infusions of pomegranate juice to save their idiot husbands. We've made it through another year and all we really have to show for it is one truly great story that came to us in the waning days of 2021 about a woman, a stick of butter, and a cat named Jorts. Is it enough to save humanity in the long run? No, sweetie. There's no way in hell. But it's the best we've got, so we might as well make the best of it. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That is it for our show this week and for our shows this year. It's been a hell of a ride. You know what? I'm legitimately proud of some of the stuff we've done this year. We've produced some great series and done some great standalone shows that I would put against anything Radio Lab or This American Life might have done. I mean, have you ever heard Ira Glass make one dick joke ever? No, I haven't. No, you haven't. I did hear Jad Abumrod make one once, but that was in a private conversation with Robert Colwich that I promised what I would never repeat. Suffice to say, it was wrong. 
So as we turn the calendar on yet another shitty year, I ask you once again to rate and review this show. Tell a friend about us, not because we are terrible, which we are, because we rarely have moments of greatness. And in the fading embers of this once great republic, moments of greatness are all we have left. Follow the show on the social, the hell underscore podcast on Twitter, the show name on Facebook or Meta or Altria, whatever bullshit they're calling themselves when you hear this. And our almost seven years of shows are at whatthehellpodcast.com. Support the show by kicking us a buck on patreon.com slash whatthehellpodcast for ad-free and early shows and a growing catalog of exclusive shows and videos for our donors. And we are a proud member of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. So for me, Dave, the good times that made us laugh are way outlaid by the bad. Bledsoe, producer, we all know where this road is going to lead, and it is nowhere that we would ever, ever want to be. Gavin and all the fictional boys to men on the show, we want to say, you know, it's really not that hard to say goodbye to yesterday when yesterday just totally sucked ass. We'll see you all next week and next year. Good times have made us laugh away the bad I thought we'd get to see forever forever's gone away It's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. I don't What the hell were you thinking stars Dave Bledsoe and features Gavin St. James and several fictional minions. The show is produced by Kimberly Steele and a part of the Seltzer Kings Podcast Network. You can find more information on the show on their website, whatthehellpodcast.com or on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast or on facebook as what the hell podcast thanks for listening i have no ending for this so i take a small bow i don't know what the fuck just happened but i don't really care i'm gonna get the fuck up out of here this shit i'm out seltzer kings podcast